to episode 5 of our series. I'm Dori Nampofo. I can't believe it's our last but one episode. Philip. Me neither. I'm Philip Latte and this is Climate Change and Us, Ground Zero Ghana. We have been exploring the different problems created by climate change for women, key sectors of our economy and society at large. But today, we wanted to discuss something different. Plastics are known to drive global warming, and here in Ghana, we use and discard tons of them. Some entrepreneurs are finding ingenious ways of removing waste plastics from nature and putting them to better uses. But questions remain, how big a problem is waste plastics in the climate? And is recycling enough to resolve it? We will not just explore doom and gloom in this episode, we will also look at practical solutions. Let's start our journey then. It begins with team member Yvonne Atilego on the beaches of Jamestown right here in Accra. I am walking along Kolegono Beach here at Jamestown in Accra. I came here to investigate one of Ghana's most pressing environmental problems, plastic pollution. There is a blanket of plastics floating all around me. Bottles, bags, bathroom slippers, you name it. On its own, plastic waste is a huge environmental problem. Globally, about a garbage truckload of plastic waste enters the ocean every minute. By some estimates, Ghana produces nearly 2 million tons of plastic waste annually. That is more than twice the cocoa produced in the country. About 95% of that waste is never removed from nature, where it can last for hundreds of years. Here on these beaches, the urgent challenge, it seems, is finding ways to limit the damage this floating blanket poses to life along the coast and in the ocean. But that's only scratching the surface. These plastics are also heating the earth and driving climate change. Worldwide every year, plastics generate 230 million tons of greenhouse gases. These are the gases that cause global warming by trapping the sun's heat from leaving the surface of the earth. The production and distribution alone constitutes about 45% of the you know, the greenhouse gas emissions that cause, you know, climate change and all of that. Oliver Boachi is an expert in plastic waste management at the Ministry of Science, Environment and Innovation in Accra. The remaining 55% occurs in what I'll call the downstream activity. And that is where, you know, we dispose of them and then they end up in landfills. And as long as they remain in the landfills, they emit all kinds of emissions, whether it's methane, when it is burnt, produces what we call these UPAPs, and then they stay in the environment for a very, very long time. In other words, plastics are bad for the climate at every turn in their life cycle. 
Plastics will produce more greenhouse gases than coal in little less than a decade. That is a big deal because currently, the burning of coal is the single largest source of greenhouse gases. It is responsible for more than 45% of carbon dioxide emissions globally. To understand how plastics have become part of the climate crisis, this is what we need to know. When we produce and burn fossil fuels, that is oil, natural gas and coal, we release tons of gaseous byproducts into the atmosphere. These gases form a blanket in the upper levels of the atmosphere where they trap the heat, leaving the surface of the Earth. As a result, the average temperature of the Earth has increased. This has in turn set off a wave of weather extremes such as unpredictable rains, droughts, floods and the rise in sea level. Unless we slow this trend soon enough, we could cause irreversible damage to the climate system and make life on Earth unbearable. While plastics are very useful, serving many purposes as containers and waterproof wrappings, they are derived from refining crude oil. That means plastics are associated with greenhouse gas emissions from the time one starts drilling for oil to the time plastics are dumped in the ocean or are incinerated in a landfill. And so the problem is not only the release of these heat-trapping pollutants, it's also how plastics are disposed of. In many parts of Ghana, as in this landfill on the outskirts of Accra, plastics are simply burned. Scientists who study this problem believe burning plastics currently pumps more than 850 million tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere annually. In comparison, that's about how much cocoa Ghana produces every year, and we are the second largest producer in the world. That is a lot, Yvonne, if one considers that the world must be removing those gases from the atmosphere to prevent a climate catastrophe. Yes, about 1 billion tons by 2050. Now, guys, those are large numbers. Yes, but I think all that people need to remember is that any activity, including the production and disposal of plastics, that increases those heat-trapping gases in the atmosphere, increases the risk of disturbances in rainfall, floods, droughts, sea level rise, you name it. Equally, when we throw plastic into the ocean, it is not only choking fish and other marine wildlife to death, it also releases more greenhouse gases as it heats up. And there is one more thing. Even if plastics were not contributing to global warming, and they certainly are, they are presenting other risks. When you throw anything plastic into nature, it can stay there for hundreds of years. Plastic renders the soil infertile and very often blocks waterways and drainage systems. In other words, plastics can increase the severity of floods and inundations associated with climate change. That is a lot to take in during a single show, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, as we said at the beginning of the episode, some Ghanaians are doing something about this problem. 
Makafuye Wuku, for example, is an artist, entrepreneur, and educator who is putting plastics to more sustainable use. One has also been talking with him and visited his factory where he shreds these plastics. We have a shredding machine that we use to shred the sanitized plastic waste into small pieces. It's very small and soft pieces. So that becomes a raw material for the straw pillow. Yeah, that same raw material is what we use for the making of the footwear brand. Uh, but then with the footwear, we have a heat transfer process that melts the plastic into a leather-like material that we use for sewing the bags and use for sewing the, the footwear. So Yvonne, you told us as we were putting this show together that Makafu is not the only one doing this. Yes, yes, not at all. Makafu specializes in transforming waste plastics into footwear and pillows. But there are other Ghanaian entrepreneurs producing jewelry and even building materials such as cobblestones and roofing tiles. Nelson Boatin, for example, is a founder and CEO of Nelplus Eco Ghana Limited. His company specializes in producing building materials from waste plastics. And I visited his plant and watched as he made plastic bricks. The collected plastic is brought to us. We crush and wash them and semi-dry. And then we mix them with sand and carbon black at the proportion of 30% of the plastics, 70% of sand, and about 5% of the carbon black. The use of the carbon black is to prevent the UV effect on some plastic that degrade quickly under the sun. So the mixture will then be fed into a extruder with three eating zones. The reason for the three eating zone is because each plastic has different melting points. So we start from let's say 150 degrees Celsius to 300 degrees Celsius. So as they travel through the lines, the various heating temperature ensures that about 98% of the plastics are well melted and mixed with sand. The mixture then comes out as paste. The paste will then be scaled for us to achieve a uniform tile size or brick size. And then it will be placed in a mold with a cooling system around it. Now, between 30 seconds to one minute, we eject one product from the mold by the help of the hydraulic press, pressing the paste in the mold to give it shape. Talk about waste to cash. <laughs> I have a necklace that was made from waste plastics. Yes, these recycled products are everywhere. Furniture, flower pots, etc. But are these solutions addressing climate change? You know, recycling is an equally carbon-intensive process. But the net emission from recycled plastics is much lower. So it provides some emission reduction benefits. The real problem is that Recycling is not sustainable in the long term. It might provide an incentive for more plastic production. Also, from what I found researching this problem, recyclers are unable to recycle enough plastics to make any real difference. Ghana produces 1.7 million tons of plastic waste. Out of this, only 2% of the plastic gets to be recycled. It doesn't seem recycling alone can solve the problem. Yet, burning plastics outright is not a popular option. Many advocate what they term sustainable plastics management. An example is minimizing emissions from the transportation and distribution of plastics. Here is Boachi of the Ministry of Environment again. Even in the distribution phase, right, when you are transporting from one place to another, if you use methods that, I would say, 
do not depend on the burning of fossil fuels. You use renewable energy to uh, do your transportation and stuff. You reduce the amount of uh, pollution or emissions that uh, result. Advocates of recycling in Ghana argue that low emission recycling remains a good option in dealing with the current crisis. Now, one of the things we've been keen about in this podcast series is how the climate crisis um, affects women. I wonder what this could be in this climate plastic world. Yvonne has also been investigating this. Yes, well, one thing we need to underline is that plastic recycling produces some benefits outside the climate, especially for women. I met several women during my visit to Jamestown Beach. Yes, sir. Rubber bottles. Any pure water sachets. We pick plastic bottles and sachets. We sell them to companies and they pay us. The more you pick, the more you make. The money we make is not enough, but it can do something. So in Ghana, the value of plastic waste per kilo is around 50 pesos per bottle. That is about 80 US cents. So to make 80 US dollars, they must collect 100 kilograms. That requires a lot of work. Over the years, what has also happened is some NGOs have helped to empower these women to, to form associations to be able to negotiate better for their benefits and their relevance in the sector, which is helping these women. One of those is Environment 316. I traveled across the city to meet the executive director, Cordia Aziz who explains how her plastic recycling nonprofit helps women. Environment 360 was started in 2014. What we do is provide capacity and business training to women waste pickers to help move them from collectors into aggregators and other individuals such as small-scale recyclers on the value chain. How we do this is we actually help them build connections directly with recyclers and then provide transport at a subsidized cost so that they can actually make profit. We also work with them on team building and leadership so that they can actually learn to work within a team and be able to collect more plastic from their communities individually. What kind of changes have you seen in the lives of the women you have worked with? So these women that we've been working with, some have increased their incomes up to 150%. The average is about 40%. What this has mean is some of the women say that now they've been able to ensure that they have school fees for their wards, that some people have saved enough money to uh, purchase land, and others have said that it's come in handy for them to do other life events like funerals, outdoorings, and other events they may have. Now, how many women have you helped so far? So we actually have worked with more than 300 waste pickers over our past five years of doing this. Currently, we work with about 40 women directly, but each of those women work with a minimum of five people. So actively, we are working with at least 200 individuals. So women get paid anywhere from the recyclers, from anywhere from 80 pesos to 1 CD 30 pesos, depending on the type of material they have and if it's actually segregated. And then they pay anywhere for transportation. They pay 5 to 11 Ghana CDs per bag, depending on its size and which truck they use. So at the end of the month, our average waste picker is making an extra 400 to 600 Ghana CDs. That's about half what a school teacher gets at the beginning of their career. But it's making a tremendous difference in the lives of these women. I had a chat with Vaida Kuto, 
who has benefited from the program. She explains that the training she has received in transforming and marketing plastic waste has increased her earnings. She currently makes between 300 and 400 CDs. That's an average of $55 a month. She uses the money to raise her five children and two grandchildren. She wants them to have better education than she had. Not just the lives of these women that's improving, their mindsets are also changing. Well, my name is Cynthia Koto. I am an innovator for it. So you are not only a plastic picker, you are an innovator. What does that mean? It means now I can use the plastic for another product like comb, packets, buttons, so forth and so on. And a final thought on those who collect trash for cash. I found this tidbit in Forbes magazine about Ghana and its recycling effort. The article says our country, which has a 5% recycling rate, has emerged as a regional front runner committed to creating a domestic recycling industry that protects both the environment and poor, mostly female community of waste pickers. And last year, Ghana became the first African country to join the World Economic Forum's Global Plastic Action Partnership, which is dedicated to translating commitments to reduce plastic pollution and waste into concrete action. That was it for today. I'm Doreen. Thank you. In the next episode, we look forward to a brighter future as we wrap up our series on climate change. For now, enjoy this poem by the recycler Makafui about plastic. I'm Philip. Beat plastic pollution, make the resolution. The earth needs solutions to sustain our evolution. The trees bleed, the birds tweet. Our behaviors we need to tweak. I hear the drum beats. Plastic pollution is beating us on our feet. The earth cries but it always tries. But then, sometimes it breaks down in tears and cries without consolation, flooding the land with its water, destroying its own creation. Sometimes it goes down with fever, unimaginable, melting away some of its rich life. It's time to wake up. It's time to stand up to ourselves. The earth is the heartbeat of life. Climate Change and Us, Ghana Ground Zero, is put together by young Ghanaian broadcasters and community advocates. Diane Kufu, Philip Latte, Evelyn Addo, Yvonne Atilego, Doreen Ampofo. The podcast is produced by Eugene Fongwa. <laughs>